Right, I'll start a timer because we do only have 20 minutes. I was going to introduce myself, but Derek saved me the hassle. <laughs> so I am Jasmine. Um, yes, hello. I've been in Cardiff for the last year, but I've been back, so you haven't really missed me, so it's okay. Wow. For those of you who were at the all-age worship last week, we got given this lovely bit of paper. I hope you've all remembered to be thankful things this, for things this week. I thought I'd take the opportunity this morning to tell you what I decided I was thankful for this morning, which was opportunity. I'm thankful that I was given this opportunity. I do enjoy public speaking. Quite like having a platform and being given a mic. Um, yeah, and I'm really grateful that I was asked to speak on a summer Sunday. One opportunity I realized I was really grateful for this week was as uh, Dr. Liam Fox got axed from the government, I thought about why I love public speaking. I won't talk politics this morning, but I will talk about the impact Liam had on my life. So bear with me. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Liam Fox is the North Somerset MP, and I went to school in North Somerset. Um, he ran a series of debates called the Woodspring Debates. I competed in these for four years, although I did five debates because I illegally broke the rules and competed twice in one year. I loved it. It was incredible. Year after year, I would go and I would sit there with my partner and we would argue about any topic we were given. One of my favorites was um, we were given the topic, does charity begin at home? It was such an interesting debate. So many religious acts aspects and so many cultural ones too but I think about the fact that I was given this opportunity now this is a very broad generalization but North Somerset is quite um, white and being of a ethnic minority in North Somerset I would attend debates and I would sit on a lovely long parliamentary table and I would be the only brown person at that table it's okay, I'm not a shy, I'm not a shy person. <laughs> but it's quite, it's quite daunting, and I, I'm thankful for the opportunity I was given. I have more to my story, but I'm hoping that if I do everything right this morning, it will all conclude in the same place. <laughs> so, we will be reading from 1 Samuel 16, which is about the life of David. This was a really interesting talk to write because we are going to be looking at what God values. What God values is the heart. And this is what we will cover in 1 Samuel 16. I will read it for you, but you'll have to bear with me some, with some names because my pronunciation isn't going to be uh, tip-top. <laughs> right. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as the king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take that heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me 
the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived in Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel said, yes, in peace. I come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse saw Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all of your sons? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine, handsome appearance. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Wow. (laughs) I absolutely have fallen in love with this passage while diving into it. But I want to dissect it. So I think the best way to summarize all of his powerful words is by the wise words of a beloved woman of mine, Mary Poppins. She says, the cover is not the book, so you've got to open it up and take a look. So I studied English literature this year, so I did some analysing. It was good fun. I didn't write an essay, so none of you can read that, though. And I realised that actually there's two really important messages we should take from this, and I'm hoping that I can share both of these with you today, and we can leave this building as stronger, empowered people. Firstly, it's important to ask, how and why did God choose David? Firstly, we have to note that David wasn't even invited. He was left on the field. He was probably busy playing with some sheep. That's where I would be. He wasn't invited. You could argue he was an outcast especially in this moment. But when we look at verse 7, the Lord doesn't care about appearance or height or wealth or any materialistic or outward things that we perhaps as a society care about. 
he looked at David and saw the heart of a man who had a vast amount of faith and love for the Lord. I would really like to point out that although God rejects David's brothers, it's, you know, lots of people often argue that it's God rejecting them completely, but I really believe that it's just rejecting them for this purpose. I believe that all of the brothers, you know, can have their purpose, but God wanted David, and hopefully we'll figure out why. There is one thing David and I have in common, and that is a love for dance. Yes, I can stand at the front and not talk about dance, but I won't be this morning. David loves to worship. No, he really loves to worship. He, we can see in the Bible that even when he doesn't want to, when he really feels down, he drags himself up and he worships. We understand he's quite musically gifted, and I have no doubt that he put his heart and soul into worship. He would dance, he would sing, he would play an instrument. He was 100% committed in that worship for God. I think this is one thing that's so special about David's heart. God could see his love for God. You have to ask where this love comes from. And I think one big impact on this is uh, Ruth and Boaz. They are, David was a descendant of Ruth and Boaz. And what a tremendous story they have. I believe it was only a few weeks ago you covered it, and I only have 20 minutes, so I'm not going to remind you. (laughs) But it is incredible. And look, you know, as families and more traditionally back then, they would share stories, they would talk, they would pass on wonderful heirlooms of wisdom. And David must have been so inspired by the work of God through Ruth and Boaz. I really wonder whether sometimes our hearts are as filled for love as David. We come into worship And it's hard. You know, this morning I wasn't 100% committed in worship because I was going, oh my goodness, I have to speak soon. It's getting there. I don't know if I can do it. And I wasn't 100% in worship. And life happens. Life isn't easy. But I think one thing we really should learn from David is that to praise the Lord, we need to be 100% committed. We need to focus our minds and just speak through our hearts because that's what the Lord wants. I did have a lot more points, but I've gone off track. (laughs) Right. Oh, no, actually, I covered them all. Yes, me. I should have gone digital. In society... This is my second point. So we understand David's heart. We understand what we need to aim for to replicate that heart. But why is that relevant in society? We sadly live in a society that is judgmental. We look at people and we go, "Hmm, you're not good enough. Oh, you don't have enough money. Oh, I don't like you. I think that's so sad. You know, we live in a culture that praises celebrities because they have 
impact anything righteous or good. We should be looking at people and, and, and not judging them. We should be loving them and accepting them and taking the time to understand who they are and what they stand for. You know, Matthew 22, 36 and 40 is, uh, states, and I'm sure you all know it, is, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think as Christians, we need to step out into the world. We need to be the first people to show what love is. What not pushing people away and, and, and demonstrating a heart like David's. Demonstrating a heart for God, for others. Because that's how we make an impact. I think when I was reading 1 Samuel 16, the most... Yeah, it's verse 7, isn't it? It's the, God does not judge by appearance or height. I mean, I'm quite short. I always judge by height. (laughs) They don't let me on roller coasters. Sometimes it's quite difficult. Why aren't we more like that? That's my question, is why aren't we less judgmental? And why aren't we more focused on the heart for God and for others. I think we need to start promoting togetherness and unity. I look at David's heart and I go, yes, I want to worship like that. You know, I've seen wonderful things happen through faith. I've seen people come to faith in the most harshest experiences. And yet... Although I'm stood here, I would argue my heart isn't fully and explosively like David's, but I want it to be. We should all aspire to have a heart filled with the love of God that we can take out and, and, and love and, and accept. Whilst being at these debates in North Somerset, I was the outcast. I was the minority. I fought my way to get noticed and get into the crowd. I took that time to work at the gift I was given, which I'm hoping is translating this morning. (laughs) I took that time to learn how to talk, how to deliver a message, and I went back year after year And I still never won. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's sad. But I'm not bitter, I promise. (laughs) But the year I competed twice, it was technically against the rules. But Liam let me break them. He knew how much I wanted it and how much I'd honed that craft and love for speaking. He went on to create me my own award, which was the speaker of the entire competition. I then went and drank wine with the speaker of the house in the House of Parliament. 
and we had a three-course meal, and it was a lovely day. (laughs) He didn't judge me because I was a minority. He very easily could have. But he saw me for the, the, the gift that I had, and he helped me shape it, and I was then able to stand here and talk to you this morning. I'm hoping this has come full circle. To have a heart like David and to have a heart for God, we have to focus on the things that matter to God. And this is just simply loving the Lord your God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as though you're loving yourself. It's not easy. But I do believe that we're the ones that have to make that stand to start setting an example for the world we want to live in. I think we should perhaps try and, when you're in worship, switch off everything. Okay, it's quite hot today. You don't really want to be dancing around and committing because, you know, it gets a bit sweaty. But that doesn't mean you can't focus your mind, focus your heart, and be thankful for the lovely weather we've had. Be thankful for the air in your lungs and the life that you're living. But it doesn't always have to be thankful. We should come to worship feeling sad and bring that to God. Bring your stress and your worry and your anger and turn it into praise, because that's what David would do. David would grow the strength and love in his heart And then it goes out like a beacon. I think of it as, you know, one of those prisms that channel light. You you have the white light coming in. That's God. Then in in the little prism, it's all doing all its good stuff. And it's loving and it's being patient and kind. And it's growing and it's it's working on its worship. And then suddenly, comes out like light. And you have the color spectrum and it's beautiful and... You have all those virtues that God blesses you with. But you have to craft them first and learn to understand how to have a heart like David for God. We are still with some time left. Although it's only a minute. I'd really like to pray because I think that's a good way to finish. I've taken you on a bit all over the place journey this morning. But I really hope that you can see my channels of thought and where they come at the end. You know, we're looking at what God values, which is the heart. And that's what we need to learn to value as well. Not only our own and having a heart for God, but the heart of everyone else too. I'd just like to pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning. Uh, for this opportunity to speak and share your word. I'd like to ask you that in those times of struggle, when worship seems so hard, that you just give us the spirit and the confidence to lift up and praise. For those days that you just feel like you aren't thankful for anything or you're too tired, that you give us the spirit to lift up and thank you. I'd like to ask that as we step out from this building this morning, 
as we go into the world, that we can craft our hearts for you and we can share that with the world, that we can use the love that you have given us and learn to love others and not judge them by their appearance or by their height or their, their wealth, but we learn to love them and share the love that we have for you with the world. I'd just like to thank you for this day again. Yeah, Heavenly Father, just bless us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.